talking about abundant living in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Of course, we love the translation of the Amplified. At the end of that verse, it says, I've come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, we looked at Strong's Concordance last week, and basically the word abundant or abundance means superabundance in quantity, superior in quality, and by implication, excessive. That's the over and above kind of life that Jesus came to give us. It's the, He's the God of the much, much more. Not just enough, but more than enough. One person said it like this, that the crowning achievement of the plan of redemption was for man to receive the gift of eternal life. Think about his assignment. Think about why the master came into this world. I believe this, that his assignment was to give his life for us so that he could impart his life to us. For you and to you. The second chapter of Ephesians talks about in God in his great mercy, or he's rich in mercy. He surely is, isn't he? I thank God for the mercy of God every day. And the good news is his mercy is new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. Now notice this, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful intense love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. That's a powerful statement. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. What this is saying to us is this, that we have the same identical life in us that is in Christ. What kind of life is this? This is resurrection life. This is the overcoming life. This is the joy life. This is the sickness and disease dissolving life. This is the poverty and lack destroying life. This is the devil stomping authority of the believer, God kind of and quality of life that Jesus came to give us. Glory to God. You see, the scripture says, he that is joined unto the Lord is what? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Remember Jesus said this, He said, I am the vine and we are the branches. So if he's the vine and we're the branches, how many of you know the vine and the branch are united? So the same Zoe life that flows through the vine flows right onto the branches and that's you and me. Praise the Lord. And of course, Ephesians 2, 6 says this, and let's read it together. It says, He raised us up together with Him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So let's just break this down just for a moment. The same 
identical life and the same identical place or the same identical seating. He gave us joint seating with the master when he raised him from the dead and when we gave our life to him. In other words, we are seated right next to him with him. With identical rights and privileges. You know, we're heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Jesus. I like to say it like this. In Christ Jesus, we have equal possession because of equal position. Say it with me. I have equal possession because of my equal position. Now, if you want to take your possessions, you must take your position. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know what you have. Amen. Amen. So that you can participate and be a partaker of all that this glorious divine nature provides for you and for me. Timothy says it like this. We need to lay hold of eternal life. What kind of creations are we? 2 Corinthians 5.17 does not say, If any man be in church, he's a new creation. No, no, no. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. That's a powerful verse of scripture. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. What is man that we are so mindful of him? And the son of man. That he visits us. That's okay. Just turn it off. It's all right. We're not going to call attention to it. But we ought to get happy about the fact that we're created and in the image and the likeness of Christ. Created in his image. We must not in this day and this hour have an image problem. We must not have an inferiority complex. Now, in the natural realm, we all are nothing. But now that we're in Christ, we're no longer natural beings. We're supernatural beings. Made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Given joint seating with Him. That will prime your pump. So you cannot afford to think of yourself as just a mere man. You are no longer a mere man. You are a God man. Amen. Glory to God. No more inferiority. Stop talking about what you don't have and what you can't do. We know that without him we can do nothing. But thank God we are not without him. He is in us. He is Christ in us. The hope, the expectation of the goodness of God in our lives. Don't talk about what you don't have. Talk about who you do have. And what you do have now that you are in him. Stop, stop talking about what you can't do. Can't do is not in the B-I-B-L-E. Can do is. 
Oh, come on, say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so there needs to be a renewing of our mind on a continual basis of the image of God in us. When that becomes clear on the inside of us, when the eyes of our understanding are flooded with light, we will see ourselves the way that He sees us, and He will enable us to do the things that He's called us to do that we could never do in and of ourselves. Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I think you ought to shout about that for a minute. In 1 John 5, 4, he says, For whatsoever is born of God. Say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What is this saying to us? He or she who has received Christ, this new life, This life of God overcomes or masters this crazy, insane world's system. Thank God we are not subject to the system that is in this world. We have a higher system, a higher life. Comes from the most high God. Come on, somebody. We are not subject... To laws that come against, contrary to the Word of God. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Overcoming runs in your family. Jesus manifested the life of God. And you and I can manifest His very life in the world in which we live. Let's take a look. Just for a little while today, let's take a look at what this abundant life looks like in our lives. Let's ask ourselves, number one, what is this abundant life spiritually? What is this? Well, in John, I believe it is, chapter 1, in verse 4, this speaks of Jesus. It says, in him was life. And the life was the what? The light of men. That's a little blind to us. Now again, that word life is zoe. So what this is saying is zoe is the light of men. And the word light there in verse 4 literally means the development of man. So this life of God that's on the inside of you is designed to develop us spiritually... So that we can grow up. One person said it this way. The Zoe of God will cause spiritual development in a man that cannot be developed without the life of God operating in him. I know for sure when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was not just dull. I was not just duller. I think I was one of the dullest. My mind had literally been blown by addictions and drugs and all of those things. I was not sharp before Christ. But when Jesus came into my heart, the light came. And when his word entered into my spirit, 
the lights got brighter. For it's the entrance of His Word that gives us light. And all of a sudden, that dullness left my life. As I got my mind renewed with the Word of the Lord, He made me quick. He made me sharp. He made me bright. I even got better looking. And He's done the same thing for you. Oh man, when I was about 22, I looked like I was about 60 years old. Oh, but when Jesus came into my life, just ask Brenda the first time she saw me, she thought, oh yeah, Uh uh-huh, this is the right one. In Christ Jesus, say with me, I'm quick, I'm bright, I'm sharp, I'm good looking. I'm very rich and I am a major blessing. Oh, hallelujah. This life produces certain changes in men and women. When God's life invades your spirit, your conduct, your habits, your speech will be corrected and it will be changed. There is a certain light that emanates from the face of a person who has this Zoe God kind of life. It also means when you have Zoe in your life, spiritually, it means this. It means you can now have full, unhindered fellowship with God. We don't have to be afraid of Him. I was scared to death of him when I was a kid because I came up in a religion that taught the fear of God in a bad way. But oh, thank God. You and I can have unhindered fellowship with him. We don't have to go through a man to get to the throne of grace. We don't have to do a bunch of religious rituals to have fellowship with him. Hey, he's your daddy. He's your father. It's the father and his family. And his la familia. Jesus said in, I think it's John 17, 3. He says, and this is life eternal. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Unhindered fellowship with him. Paul prayed that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. That I may become more deeply acquainted with the wonders of his person. Now to get more deeply acquainted with the wonders of his person, it requires time on our part. But it is time that is not wasted. It is the best investment of your time during the course of a day to purpose in your heart, Lord God, I want to know you. I want to become more deeply acquainted with you. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And His presence is going to saturate me. And I'm going to become more and more like Jesus every day that's the goal not to become more like a certain preacher thank God for preachers 
Thank God for ministers who are oracles of God. That's wonderful and that's great. But it's not about an evangelist. I just dropped by to tell you, it's not by the latest prophecy. It's about Jesus. It's about the Son of the living God. It's about the Son of Righteousness who is arising with healing in His wings. Jesus said this, It is enough for the disciple to be as his master is. So make that your goal in life. That you're going to purpose in your heart daily, I'm going to know Him, I'm going to grow, and I'm going to develop spiritually. What does this life of God look like in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions? Brenda had a wonderful word today about fear, and that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But this peace that passes all understanding is available to everyone through the life of God. Here's the good news. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know that you have life. You know, there's a lot of people, if you ask them the question, do you know where you're going when you die? Well, I don't know. I sure hope I make it. You know, God wants us to know that we have eternal life. He wants all doubt removed from our soul that we have peace with God. That's what Romans says. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only is there peace with God, there's also the peace of God. And Philippians instructs us and says, be careful for nothing. How much should we be worrying about this morning? Be careful for nothing. But what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. How many of you have put that into practice recently? That's the best thing you can do before you pray, is just cast your burden on the Lord. Amen? Get rid of it. Put it in His hands. He is all capable, and He is the one that can do something about what you can't do anything about. So be careful for nothing, and then once you've done that, you're in a good position to pray. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when you've released your faith, notice what happens in verse 7. And the peace of God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall what? Shall keep your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. What this is saying, we do not have to lose our minds. We do not have to lose our peace. If we'll give it to Him and pray accurately, then the peace of God comes on the scene. And it will keep your heart and it will keep your mind. Now the way to stay in peace is verse 8. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, Pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Think on these things. So your mind is important to stay in the arena of faith. Because the enemy will bring images of defeat. The enemy will bring uh, uh, images of death. 
He will bring images of relationship breakups. But you need to think the right things. Think the thoughts of God. Oh, and then you will stay in a peace that passes all understanding. I got a great verse for you. Look with me at uh, Psalm 72, verse 6 and 7. Say it with me. The abundance of peace is available for me to receive and to enjoy. Now notice this. This is from the Passion Translation. Let's read it together. Your favor will fall like rain upon our surrendered lives, like showers reviving the earth. Next part. In the days of his reign, the righteous will spring forth with the abundance of peace and prosperity forevermore. Do you like that? Say, may I have abundance of peace? I have abundance of prosperity forevermore. Our God, who is more than more than enough, has more than enough peace for whatever you may face in life because He is the God of Shalom. He is the God of nothing missing and nothing broken. You know, it'd be a good idea for you to greet one another once in a while with a Shalom. Shalom. Look at your neighbor and say, Shalom. Look at your other neighbor neighbor and say, Shalom, Shalom. And here's what he's committed to do. He said, I will keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect there is Shalom. Peace is Shalom. He says, I will keep him in perfect peace. Now notice, whose mind is stayed on thee. Staying our mind on Him means that we must not allow our lives to be so distracted by what some people call multitasking. There's no such a thing as multitasking. You can, what that simply means you can go from one thing quickly to the other. But while you're going to the other, you may be missing something over here. And that's what the enemy tries to do. You'll sit down to read the word and all of a sudden your grocery list will come up. Okay, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost for five minutes. All of a sudden, what time do I got to pick them up? Distractions of this age. It chokes the word. It caused the word of God, of course, to become unfruitful. How many of you know we're not to be led by our devices? Can I get a witness? (laughs) We're not to be led by the dings of life. Nor the ding bats. I mean, you'll just be cruising along, praying in tongues, worshiping the Lord and singing and magnifying the Lord. And all of a sudden, ding, ding. How did we make it 40 years ago? (laughs) Now, I'm not preaching to you something that I don't need to act on myself. 
But we cannot afford ourselves to become so distracted that we miss the main thing on the menu. The main thing on the menu is what Mary chose. It was the good part. And what Jesus said to Martha, 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 Martha. Thou art troubled and careful about many things. But what did he say? One thing is needful. And so it's a choice. And Mary has chosen that good part. My name is Mark Thomas and I approve of that illustration. Now what about our physical bodies? Well, the abundant life can have a great effect on our physical body. Part of this God kind and God quality of life means we can be healthy. And I'm not just talking about those of us that are in our 70s. How many are in their 70s here? To, well, that's not a good question. I'm in the 72-year-old club. Soon I will be in the 73-year-old club. But you know what? He's renewing my youth like the eagles. And I'm believing not to lose my mind. I'm believing that my mind is my mind and it will serve me well my entire life. Can I get a witness in this house today? But staying healthy is not just for those that are in their 60s and their 50s and their 70s and their 80s. And some of you soon to be in your 90s. Staying healthy is for everybody. For your children. For your youth. Come on. And as a dad, you become a role model to your offspring. And as a father, your example has a great impact on them. When they see you passing up opportunities to be stressed, when they see you trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and leaning not to your own understanding, but in every step of your life, you're acknowledging Him in all your ways. Folks, that gets off on your kids. And I'm not just talking about dads here. I'm talking about mamas too. I'm talking about the mamas and the papas. I'm talking about grandma, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather. You're the way you conduct yourself. If you will choose to walk in the light of life. To walk in the light of the Zoe kind of life. They'll see it. Not only will they see it, but they'll get hold of it. Yes, sir. I saw daddy do that. I saw mama do that. When the doctor came with the bad report, I saw mama trust God. So God wants you to be healthy. Not only healthy in your body, but healthy in your relationships. We're examples of the life of Christ. Say with me, I got the life of God in me. I've got his life. I've got his nature. And I've got his ability. I got the life of God in me. The life of God's in us. 
And God's word is life. God's word is called the word of what? Of life. And so as we are disciplined to take his word and feed it into our inner man, what we're doing is we're feeding the life of God into the life of God that's on the inside. God's word is alive and is filled with power. Jesus said this in John 6, 63. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And what else are they? Say with me, God's word is spirit. And it is life. Now listen very carefully. He said in Proverbs, he said, his word is life to those that have it on their coffee table. His word is life to those that what? That find them. But not only life to those that find them, but it's also medicine to all of your flesh. Say with me, God's word is alive, is filled with power, and it is medicinal to all of my flesh. How many of you have ever felt, let's be honest about it, how many of you have ever felt on a certain day that you just couldn't make it, you just couldn't get out of bed? Anybody ever been there? How about this morning? <laughs> you just had so many responsibilities, you just had so much to do, and you're already tired, you're already exhausted, you just don't know what to do. That's when you need to trust on the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will quicken you and He will enable you, now listen very carefully, to do what He's telling you to do. Now if you're out there doing things He's not telling you to do and not leading you to do, you do not have a position, if you will, to be quickened. But oh, thank God, say with me, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, He quickens me. He quickens my mortal body. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, 2 Corinthians the 4th chapter and 7th verse, I believe it is, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Right? That the excellency, that word excellency means superabundant, excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now notice with me in verse 10. It says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? That means we get persecuted. But we're not cast down. That means stress comes, but we overcome stress. That means, yes, we suffer some things just by virtue of living in a physical body. Are you understanding? But notice with me. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Read the rest with me. That the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal body. Manifest in our mortal body. Think about that. When the life of God is manifested in your mortal body, His life will absolutely rise up on the inside of you. 
Now here's another key that I want to share with you, and we're almost finished. We need to make sure that we are not speaking poorly about the body that he gave us. Well, I'm too skinny, I'm, you know, I'm too big, I'm not tall enough, I'm too short. All these things are crazy. We must not dishonor the body that God gave us. We need to be thankful that we have one. And we need to be very thankful that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That we belong to Him and our bodies are His. And when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, the Bible talks about that He is for your body. Your body is for the Lord. And when your body is for the Lord, He's for your body. What does that mean? That means He'll quicken you. He'll take you through difficult times. Now, every one of us have received bumps in the roads, maybe physically or another area. But God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. So I want to encourage you today, speak words of life over your body. Proverbs 18.21 says this, that death and life are where? They are in the power of the tongue. He said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Your tongue is your chooser. I choose life today. I speak life over my kidneys. I speak life over my knees. I speak life over my every organ and every tissue of my body. Hallelujah. So when you speak life, the high priest of your confession then watches over the word that he's given you to speak. He watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And so speak and declare what his word says concerning your body. Speak and declare what his word says concerning your finances. And then in Psalm 91, verse 16, did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Listen to this statement. The life of God in you will allow you to live for many years. The life of God in you will allow you to live for many years. Psalm 91, verse 16. Let's read it together. With long. <laughs> Let's all do that together. With long.
Not with wrong life. But with long life will I satisfy him. Well, how long are you going to live, Pastor Mark? As long as I'm satisfied. When I'm satisfied, and I said, okay, time to go. Hallelujah. Let's just put it this way. I won't have to call up Southwest Airlines. And hopefully all of us are going to be raptured together. But with long life. He that would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. And his lips speak no guile. Your tongue is connected to how long you live. Long life. A life of joy. A life of peace. A life of love. Long life. With long life. He's going to satisfy us. And what will he show us? He will show him my salvation. The Spanish Bible says, I will show him my healing. Long life satisfied. Growing spiritually. Living in the peace of God. Living in the manifestation of him quickening your body every day. Enjoying life to the full. In abundance. Until it overflows.